0: This is hate reading. Um, title is misleading on two counts. One, this is the second time I have to, have to record this. Uh, the first time, the audio was horrible. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Uh, and noticed it was recording through the built-in computer's microphone. Uh, so now that it's the second time going through this, um, it's a lot of my hate is, my rage is diminished uh, significantly. So this is uh, more uh, just cold contempt reading um, I suppose uh, but it's also a bit misleading because uh, Andrew shear did not technically say what I said in the title the title of the uh, essay uh, the the piece is as provinces begin to reopen uh, economies shear says federal benefits deter Canadians from returning to work so he doesn't call them lazy he just infers that uh, they will think along the lines of the hypothetical lazy person which he puts forward uh, there's a um we'll get into his points um there's actually um uh, a video that accompanies this article but i won't subject you to even uh one minute of uh hearing Andrew uh, he's quite possibly the most annoying person to uh enter canadian politics to, that i've uh, at least been aware of i mean there's um a lot of competition for that title of course but i first heard about this guy and uh during the last leadership race uh the one that he he actually ended up winning um and um i my first takeaway was that you know there's lots of cranks uh weirdos running uh for the for this leadership but there's no way this guy wins he just seems so smarmy so annoy obnoxious uh, it just, without even saying anything, too, it's just, it's just a look, uh, and it gets worse when he starts speaking. Um, he's like the Canadian Ted Cruz. It reminds me of this like a uh, German term called uh, Bachfeifenreist It's a uh, means a face that cries out for a slap uh, or a fist. And uh, I think about that term whenever I see either one of them. Uh, I just thought, no way, this guy wins, and then he won. Um, but it's like a Golden political opportunity right now because even though he's no longer, um, he lost. He's resigned. He's stepped. He's going to be gone. But he's the head of the Conservative uh, Party until they select a new leader, uh, and he uh, opens his mouth every once in a while, comes out of hiding, to make these idiotic statements, which we should be using to stick, uh, yeah, associate the uh, Conservative Party in the minds of Canadians with Andrew Scheer well, into, uh, yeah, well after they are able to uh, p- appoint a less obnoxious, smarmy um, uh, leader. Uh, now what he says, um, his actual quote is that uh, at a time when our economy needs stimulus, Justin Trude has, has given it a tranquilizer, risking creating labor shortages across the country. This failure must be reversed before it's too late. Uh, Canada's economic recovery depends on it now um, the basics is uh, he goes on to say it in the video uh, library on this is uh, one stipulation in the uh, liberal government's rollout that says that if you make over $1,000 you're not eligible for the uh, $2,000 benefit right so if you were to go back to work and you were to make $1,000 and $1,001 you would lose it so people are the conservative party is pointing towards an actual flaw in the in the policy but it's disingenuous Like they frame it what they're saying is that um, uh, we want to uh, we don't want to put Canadians in that position you know that tricky position where they have to choose they're forced to choose between going to work and staying at home right uh, so just to help the Canadian people out, we're going to make that decision easier for for them. Not by kicking them off the benefit, in fairness to the Conservative Party, but by um, gradually reducing the amount of benefits as they uh, go back to work. Right. So if you were to make, let's say, I don't, they they don't give you actual numbers. Um, uh, they're the opposition party, in fairness to them, they really don't aren't under that obligation. Um, but um, they say that you know they uh they f- have the temerity to frame it as progressive when it's the last thing from it right um, now the immediate response to something like this is uh kind of nerdy, I suppose is just that we well actually uh we did try um minimum income in Canada. we had a pilot program and it found that um, when you give people money, there is uh yes some disincentive to work, but the only people who don't work are uh, you find uh people. For example, uh, teenagers who ha- used to work part-time or full-time to help support their families who no longer need to do that, and they just go to school and end up getting better marks. Society For society overall, yes, that's good. Some people being disincentivized to work not, is not necessarily bad. There were uh, young parents who had the ability to spend more time with their families, right? Um, oftentimes, you find that like a lot of the things that the Conservative Party did uh, advocates for uh rhetorically like a strong family uh focus on education and all these things right Uh, these things would be benefited right the classic uh, conservative nuclear family would uh right the one person working one person staying at home um would be benefit like uh, incentivized by uh programs like these but uh they prefer instead to create this hypothetical scenario which doesn't actually exist in which yeah, you know, it doesn't actually occur in which people are just choosing not to work because they have the uh, option to make government money on the government money instead right now uh there is though like a this is a definite flaw in the policy the conservative party's approach is not really going to fix it right uh because it doesn't even if you accept that this incentive structure is created uh, by the bill, by this little gap, um, you don't actually solve that incentive structure by gradually reducing it, right? You might, uh, yeah, you might give people a little bit more money, might end up materially benefiting people, but it doesn't solve the problem that you claim exists, right? Um, uh, What would uh, eliminate it altogether is by doing what happened in that minimum income pilot that I mentioned earlier. Is just expanding the program to cover everybody, whether or not they are working, right? So you won't have to choose between going, getting kicked off uh, by and getting a job or staying on because you won't get kicked off no matter what, right? You know, for the duration of the crisis, um, you'll uh, have this to lie back on. And uh, there's gonna be people for whom that's enough, right? Um, to live. Right. And say, OK, forget it. I'm just going to stay home. Uh, but the vast majority of people who stay home are going to be the people who uh, realize I am foregoing money, the option of also working on the marketplace. Right. Um, right. So you would uh, people who, just, yeah, if you, you're not forbidding anybody from getting a job by giving them minimum income. All that extra money would be gravy, and since it's taxable income, uh, it's taxed as income. You would get the vast majority of it back, anyways, right? So it's uh, a <laughs> the benefit isn't just that it um, you know helps people. It's the most humane policy to have, and this part of time it just kind of neutralizes that conservative attack. Also, though that conservative attack is has an audience uh, because a uh, natural audience for it. The people who work and are not recipients of the benefit, right? This is the problem with rolling things out in the kind of mean-tested, half-half-hearted kind of way that the liberal government has done. I mean, there's uh, argument that it protects you from conservative attacks on the one hand, but uh, from creating another welfare program and whatnot. Um, But these conservative attacks are going to come either way, and what you have to do, you have to focus on as a leading party, is just uh, creating the most unassailable policy, not responding to individual political attacks or incentives, uh, political uh, framings, right? Advocate for the policy that uh, helps the most Canadians uh, and um, worry about the optics after. Uh, And usually the optics help themselves, right? The best policy men come is the most politically sellable policy, right? Um, but unfortunately, the, the and this is why it became upset, hate, angry reading, rage reading, was that the liberal government just uh, accepts their framing entirely, right? And it says uh, we're, you know, and so obviously there's a lot of thought is going into the various steps that are going to need, be needed to, uh, yeah, as we're, um get people out of their homes and back to work. But for now, we're very still focused on how how we help people get through this. Saying that, you know, there will be a time, uh, Andrew Shearer is right, effectively, um, that we are going to need to kick people off the benefit uh, in order to get people back to work. Uh, But now is not the time. Now, um, the reason people are not, the reason people are disincentivized to work right now is not because of the benefit. It's because of the virus, right? Um, whether or not um, there was this benefit, there would have been uh, the economic reduction. Anyways, I and mean, this is evidence by the outcome in countries like, uh, shithole countries like America, where they do not have a similar benefit. They have a one-time Lump sum payment that has not come to people, and you see uh, rates of unemployment that are as bad, if not worse, than ours. Right, so um, the there is no basis on which to say that the benefit has actually disincentivized people to work, uh, has created more of a reduction in the labor f- labor force than otherwise would have been. Um, but we're saying instead that. The Conservative Party is right. Instead of arguing about this, uh, pushing back at all, and I suppose, like you know, the Prime Minister needs to seem above politics in crisis, right? I I guess, um, but when you're the subject of political attack from the opposition party, uh, it only makes sense to respond, if at least through a surrogate, get Christopher Freeland uh, to say it, get a deputy, right, like a. cabinet minister or anybody to hit back on this disingenuous framing i don't just say we'll think about this later uh because it just creates the dynamic in which uh the conservative party will seem ahead also it's like they were giving up uh opportunity uh potentially for ideological reasons too this is the frustrating thing about being a left person and being to the left of the liberal party in canada you just don't know if their opposition or their stance their public stance is uh, the result of political calculations or just uh, ideological opposition to the pol- policy that you favor right i don't know if they're just opposed on ideological grounds to uh income or minimum income uh expanding the program but politically there's a hundred there's of the 105 senators in Canada there's 50 of them uh, who are calling for uh, minimum income right they don't have the ability to uh, um, introduce a bill uh, that impacts the you know, appropriates money right they don't have that power it has to begin and the from you know the House of Commons but um, the fact that you have 50 of them calling for it and the uh, in the Senate uh, shows that you know there is political opportunity here to be taken, right? It could be done, right? Uh but the Liberal Party isn't doing it. Uh they're just accepting the cons- the flawed conservative party framing on this, right? But that aside, uh I don't know this is about uh sheer or not Trudeau. Um the conservative argument, the incentive structures argument, um one big flaw, one obvious route to attack this is that you know there is a mechanism already in place uh right theoretically uh which is the free market right uh, you can say that we've tampered and with the free market by uh giving people the minimum income in the first place giving people this benefit uh, but the free income of course was already tampered with inextricably these incentives are not necessarily pure right um uh but um when you look at them uh, people would go back to work theoretically if uh, the employers are offering enough money right so these employers would just have to pay more to get people to be willing to leave their houses in this kind of situation in which they have uh, the comp- yeah they have the uh, wage the uh, the income coming from uh, the government and the uh, uh, risks uh, to, of uh, contracting the coronavirus by going outside right uh they would have to get a pretty penny um and you look at uh two thousand dollars two thousand dollars per month is uh around fifteen bucks in uh its minimum wage in uh, Ontario, right uh that's after tax income so um it's it's probably less than fifteen dollars an hour forty hours a week uh and uh for the f- people the, th- the thought that uh, the conservative party is uh, concerned that people are not going to want to work uh, for, th- for that amount um, and uh, prefer instead of uh, allowing the free market to uh, find an equilibrium wage price, right? Uh, they prefer government intervention uh, to uh, push people back into the labor force is, you know, kind of gives the ball away. Right? Shows that they're not really worried about uh, <laughs> the decisions, uh, easing the, the burden uh, uh, that decision-making uh, would have on the Canadian people. Right, The stress that comes from having to decide whether or not to go to work, making this a lot easier for them. No, it's just uh, making sure that we don't have to worry about uh, you know uh, people not taking jobs that they feel are not worth their time uh during and it's not just worth their time it's worth potentially their lives and the lives of their family members right um and, and this time right so it's just the conservatives want to put the, their hands on the scale on the side of the employers in this um and the liberal government is just letting that go right <laughs> just just letting they're not pointing that out for people Um, And it's hard to know whether or not uh, it's, again, ideological because they agree with the conservative party in this framing or because it's just a political calculation in which uh, you don't want to hit the party, even though they're weak on the substance and they have an uncharismatic leader just because if that's the case, okay, fair enough. I understand. Don't have the prime minister do it. Right. Have hacks like me (laughs) do it. um right um uh one uplifting thing that i guess i'll uh end off on is um that the conservative party i guess this, what this indicates is that they're not um loathsome as they are um they're not a fascist party right even though there are uh fascistic tendencies in some of their base for sure uh we have a lot of that extreme right wing uh hatred terrorism uh, almost and uh in Canada as you would see in uh large parts of the alt right in the United States right we have that here uh but the party itself is not structured as uh in in, in a, a fascist party because a fascist party at least cares about its own people <laughs> you know uh, the conservative party puts the interests of business over the interests of uh the working class at every turn um seems even during a crisis like this they're willing to uh pressure people into getting back to work um right so it's just um it's disheartening that they're taking this tact but it could be worse right because if you had um and you have this happening in the united states uh where uh the fact that the Democratic Party is uh, taking a pretty moderate tone on this enables the uh, conservatives like Tom cotton to uh, attack them from the left right to attack for more aggressive relief policies uh, that uh, than they would and when uh, the moderate Liberal Party is being attacked from the left uh, by a uh, nationalist conservative party advocating for socialistic policies you know that's a bad combination uh, as you can imagine uh, one that we've kind of dealt with before Um, and um, thankfully the conservative party has no interest in socialism of any kind Um, (laughs) that's one benefit Uh, even when it is obvious that socialism is the only thing keeping people from uh, you know, destitution or un, uh, unmitigated infection. Um, the Conservative Party still still on ideological grounds want to grind down the, the working class. <laughs> they don't want to give you anything. Uh, they frame it, of course, in the nicest way. Uh, you have uh, uh, Andrew Scheer smiling, saying, yo, you know, Canadians, we want to help them out. We want to have a progressive other uh, temerity. Oh, to call it a progressive thing. But at the end of the day, they're not um, outflanking the light rules from the left effectively. They attempt to do it, uh, even those attempts are weak. Uh, I wish, though, um, the, the Liberal Party though would neutralize the possibility for any of these kinds of attacks. And, of, most importantly, eliminate the reservoir of people for whom this argument would hold by expanding the program uh, into uh, minimum income for the entire country. Whether or not they work, um, yeah. So thank you.